G'day and welcome to a season finale episode, a big end to the 2023 season and very fitting given the season that we had. Uh, We'll get to uh, our best and fairest winner, our president, our CEO, our outgoing coach, uh, one of our stars who's uh, been around the club for a long time now, who's decided to hang the boots up, and also an emerging star who uh, was a medal winner this year. So they're all coming up. Details in a tick. Thanks to our podcast sponsors who've been with us right throughout this season. Of course, that is the CB Motor Group. Thanks to the Bland family who've been great supporters of the club. Avalon Airport, if you're heading out to the Sunshine Coast or the Gold Coast or Sydney, that's the place to fly out of. Uh, flying made easy, most certainly. Visit Werribee. Check out all the attractions we have locally that you can uh, take advantage of over the uh, the spring and summer period. And Goddings, who are your first choice for all your ag equipment, whether it's tractors or mowers, they're the people to talk to. Now, Don Brew's coming up. He won the Bruce Montgomery Trophy for 2023. Sam Clahessey won the uh, Fothergill Round Mitchell Medal as the uh, one of the rising stars of the VFL competition. Uh, we'll talk to Sam Martin. And Carter, our president, will join us. Our CEO, Mark Penaluna. Mickey Barlow, who sadly is leaving us now to go to the North Melbourne Football Club as development manager, will talk to him. And another departure is Michael Sotomarco, who's decided to hang the boots up. So they're all coming up on this big bumper, mammoth, massive uh, marathon edition of the uh, Big W podcast. Enjoy now, and we'll start with the best and fairest winner for 2023. 2023 Bruce Montgomery Trophy winner, Dom Brew. Hello, Dom. How are you? Good, Kev. How are you? I'm going well, Bruy. Uh, how's that? Uh, is that sitting well with you now? That you're the best and fairest winner at the club. Uh, yeah, it's still in a. Uh, it's been about a, almost a week, or it has been a. Yeah, it has been a week or almost. Anyway, and uh, yeah, still settling in, but uh, setting in. Sorry, but yeah, no, it it's still just yeah to be in the line to be up there with Tommy and Matt and, you know, Sammy Collins, some players that I played with that I've just thought are outstanding. Yeah, a bit surreal. Uh, were you surprised? Um, oh, yeah, I was, considering that, you know, Shawnee's had a fantastic year and Tom, again, produced an unreal year. Um, I was a little bit, but um, I knew I'd had a consistent year uh, and I'd, executed my, my role and my job every week and, and I'd actually been on the end of a few to get I'd actually got on the end of a bit of a ball bit of the ball this year, so that was good. So uh, I knew I'd had a good year but um yeah, to take it out it was sort of yeah, it was still a surprise, yeah. Would you would you rate it your best year at the club? Oh, absolutely, yeah. This year I've I, I like it's obviously no surprise I've taken the game to another level. Um which has been great. I've not only shut down the best player on the other side, I then work off him and, you know, get my hands on it for us as well. So that's been big and, um, yeah, yeah, best year at the club for sure. But, we're yeah, yeah. Brewer, you talked about it on, on the night uh, when, you, when you received the award about, about when it changed and, uh, and, and the circumstances that made this year such a good year for you. Can you, can you tell us about that? Yeah, uh, in terms of... Um, the team and that is that what you're saying, Kevin? Well, in terms of the conversations that you had that that, that made made you look at this season I, a little differently. Yeah, so obviously at the start of the year, um, uh, me and Mick had some chats, and uh, and then you know we like last year was challenging with the captaincy and all that sort of stuff. So at the start of the year, me and Matt uh, we were talking to Mickey and you know and and Daff as well, and had a few chats, and um, mainly with Daff got on the just got, got me going, believing in myself, thing, telling me that I am one of the premier midfielders and that I should be starting to shut down players and, and work off them. And, uh, yeah, there's a few honest truths, you know. Uh, I need to probably get fitter. I need to probably start doing a gym session a week. I need to um, just start working harder. And uh, sometimes you need to hear it, and I'm not one to back down from any criticism. So I, um, I took it on board and, and, yeah, just got to work. So. Did you enjoy that? Was there? Did you get a new kind of you know lease of life about your footy because of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I sort of um, 
yeah, no secret. I, I work. I haven't said it too much, yeah, but I, I work extremely hard this year on getting ready for this season and in season. Um, it took me. Uh, I'd be doing extra sessions, running more, and I, I did that extra gym session that I haven't. I think I'm famously, infamously at the club, knowing not to go to the gym, but I started doing the one night a week. Um, and, yeah, and just me diet. I cleaned up a lot of things, um, a lot of the one percenters that, you know, as you get into, well, I'm probably coming into my peak of my career now, you sort of, yeah, I didn't want to leave any stone unturned. So I did, I did really enjoy it, mate. Uh, but I'm, I feel like I'm just at the start and I'm about to have a, a really good patch, so. Yeah, I am very excited for what's to come, yeah. Brewer, you've always been a really instinctive footballer. You've always struck me as someone who plays on his instincts. Is is that that is that still the key to, to what makes you tick as a footballer? Uh, yeah. I, I yeah, that's that's probably spot on, mate. I sort of I, I really know that the team I really know my role in the team now and I know that um, I've sort of learnt my role and perfected it over the last few years. Um but yeah, instinctively, I've I've always wanted to get the ball in my hands, and um, this year I just sort of knew, you know, obviously Matty Hanson have been out for a while, um, and then a couple of other older boys at the start of the year missing a bit of footy. I sort of knew that without trying to change too much, I'd have to go to another level. Um, so yeah, I just really started demanding the ball and and it, like demanding it from my teammates, but more importantly, getting it myself. Um, so, yeah, that's probably, probably instinctual, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know it's still raw, the grand final loss. But how how are you sort of feeling about that now with a little bit more time to, to, to let that sink in? Yeah, it's obviously – now, I've had a good, long, hard think about it. And, um, you know, it was obviously a big week last week uh, with uh, the festivities and all that that come with the end of season. But uh, I had some thinking time over the weekend and uh, – you know, I can promise you one thing, mate. I'll never be on the other side of that podium ever again. I'll be next time. I'll be on the other side. So it is raw to come so close. It was um, devastating, but I think it's important um, you reflect on what the year we had and to have, mate, seventeen in a row wins. Kev is unbelievable, yeah. mate. And I've never enjoyed my footy. I said that last night in my exit meeting. I've never enjoyed my footy so much with the bunch of blokes that I've had. But um, I said this on presentation night, like, I feel the fruit is there to be picked and it's just it's right there now and we're just starting to reap the rewards. So um, we just got to go on from there, which has probably eased it a bit. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Is it even more satisfying for you because there were times in your, in your, in your time at Werribee where maybe you weren't going to stay, maybe you were going to go back uh, home to the bush or you, you were going to move on and do something else that, that you've got to this point with your footy? Uh, yeah, I, I never really um, contemplated going home, but I didn't know, you know, coming back from COVID uh, with my, like I left my partner up in Darwin. She stayed up there for two years. So we did the whole two years long distance. I didn't see her for about eight months um, at one stretch there and then a, a few six months stints due to the lockdowns and all that rubbish yeah. that went on. But um, yeah, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know if... Oh, yeah, I didn't know if I was going to head back up there, but yeah, sort of. It is rewarding, um, but again, mate, the love of the place and the bond that the boys have built um, right now—the culture is unbelievable. Like, um, yeah, it's just like a big family, mate. All the boys from player one to fifty is unbelievable, mate. So, yeah. it's good. We know things at footy clubs always change, and we, we already know that Mick Barlow's moving to North Melbourne to take on a development role there, but it strikes me that the uh, what, what he's leaving behind and, uh, and and blokes like you and, uh, and you know, Nick Coughlin and, uh, you know, Louis Pinnock and, and, and the fabric of the club will remain very much uh, very steadfast. Yeah, yeah, it's obviously great for Mick. Like, it's a huge achievement for him to get a a good deal at North Melbourne under Clarko is probably one of the greatest ever coaches, to be honest with you. It's, it's just absolutely great for him, mate. I couldn't be prouder and happier for him. Um, but it's in the industry we're in now, and uh, this will be my fourth coach that will be coming in. I'm not sure who it is, as we're only just aware. But, yeah, the club, mate, whoever whoever comes in, we've got the everything. We've got all the tools there. Um, everything's great, mate. The boys stick fat no matter what, through thick and thin. 
you know, I think that was important coming on the other side, coming out of the other side of this COVID, and we've still got, you know, that large portion of boys that were here when I started. You know, me and Louis started in the same year, and yep. Cogo come the year after, and um, you know, you had Tommy, Maddie, and Sods leading the charge from back then. But now we've got Jack Henderson and uh, Keegan Gray that have been around a while. So, no, nah, mate, whoever's coming in, we've got a really good tight knit. Um, group and the boys that we've been and I think it goes under uh, underrated about the young blokes that we've been able to add on uh, a couple of these Geelong boys you know uh, Matt Keith and even of this year like Noah Lever and that they're just great people mate so it's uh, it's really really good and you're already looking forward to pre-season or are you you're still enjoying the spoils of uh, the post-season <laughs> nah no nah, mate I'm uh, I'm definitely back into it I'm one thing I uh, my my partner will say this as well. I'm in. Uh, I've uh, lost a bit of weight, and I'm very keen to keep it off. So I, uh, for me, I'll, I'll just keep them ticking over. Um, and that sounds a bit boring, but I am enjoying actually having a couple of beers at the pub and watching the watching the sport on the TV. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm still ticking them over, mate, because uh, that grand final loss burns. <laughs> Yeah, no, I can imagine. Brewie, congratulations on winning the uh, the best and fairest for 2023, mate. Thoroughly deserved it. You had a great season and hopefully an even bigger and better one coming up in 2024. No worries, Gav. It will be bigger and better, mate. So, no, nah, thanks for having me on, mate. On the Big W Podcast, joining me now, the Fothergill Round Mitchell medalist for 2023. He had a terrific season uh, with the club. Uh, Sam Clahessy joins me. Hey, Sam, how are you going? Yeah, good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Uh, how have you enjoyed, uh, you know, a couple of weeks uh, with, with, without the footy? Um, yeah, it's been different. I've had actually a lot of nights free, which has been pretty unusual, but yeah, it was good to get to and get a break, but I'm definitely missing it now, that's for sure. Yeah, okay. Um, looking back on the year, mate, you had a terrific year. I mentioned the, the Fothergill Round Mitchell medal. Um, how did you feel about your footy in 2023? Um, yeah, I felt I was able to... Yeah, build from the start of the year. So the year, I just wanted to kind of um, earn my spot and then to trust my teammates to then felt like as I was able to do that, the second half of the year, I was able to really show what I could do and, yeah, have some fun while playing, which is which is great. You mentioned uh, on uh, uh, on presentation night, uh, the other night, uh, the Bruce Montgomery Trophy night, uh, you know, some of the some of the things, some of the, the goals you set yourself and some of the uh, the tasks that were set to you by the, the coaching staff. Uh, give us a little background on, on how that kind of played out. Yeah, so the goals of the coaching staff was practically just do your role, first and foremost. Like, obviously, the positional change, just um, becoming a defender, which I hadn't done in a couple of years, obviously, moving off the wing. Um, we should have defend first. Um, I kept my head into that's my job. That's why I'm down there to do that. And then, yeah, as the year kind of went on, I started thinking, okay, I can defend and then I can kind of get used um, on offense and actually get myself really involved in games. And I was able to do that. And I think I was able to do it quite effectively and help out the team a lot. There's obviously at this stage of the year with with that medal that you won and uh, with talk around drafting uh, clubs uh, have, have clubs started to come to your to your management and to you about what the future might be for you. Uh, yeah, obviously nothing too much at the moment. Still a long way out. Um, but yeah, I've had a, a couple of interests and yeah, got a couple of things set up around a few testing to be done. But yeah, still very early on, so nothing set in stone yet at all. But it is a very exciting time. I will say that. Your brother obviously is on the uh, on the Geelong list. Have you have you learnt much watching his progress as he's gone through? Uh, you know the, the 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 AFL career that he's charting for himself. Yeah, I actually have watching Ted go through it all. You you don't actually realise how full on it is until yeah you see someone who you know very well go through it. And there'll be times where I'd come home to see my parents, and they would have been out of the house from seven thirty in the morning. It doesn't get back until much later, so it's kind of like a nine to five job kind of thing. <laughs> Um, and it's, it's a non-stop. He's got his days off, but his days off, he's then doing recovery or an extra gym session. So, yeah, I've, I've actually had to get my head around, like, if it is a potential thing that happens to me, that, it, yeah, it's, it's full-time, but it's something I would actually, like, I'd love to do. I, I was going to say, everyone thinks that's what you want to do. Everyone thinks that's destined what, you, what, what you're going to do, but is that really what you want to do? I mean, uh, you, you're watching your brother. Do you, do you want to be a professional sportsman and, and be a professional AFL player? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's yeah. every kid's dream from when they're, yeah, young as, and even seeing him and seeing how much hard work it is, it actually, if anything, makes me more excited and more driven to actually get there. 
it's interesting, isn't it? You are, you've got an inside look at to, that it's not it's not as any bit as glamorous as some people might think it is. It's actually head down and bum up and off you go. Yeah, that, yeah, that's for sure. Um, uh, going through this year as you have and, and improving as you have uh, right throughout this this last season, have you felt uh, that you're getting closer and closer to to realising that goal and being that player that will make it in, in AFL? Um, to be fair, like it never really crossed my mind any of that. I just wanted to go out each week and be able to play my part for the team and do whatever I could to get us a win. It wasn't really until kind of that medal where I kind of thought, yeah, I've had a I've had a pretty good year and actually looked in with it myself to what I'd done. Uh, but even now, like I I try and push it as far as I can to the back of my mind and yeah, still think about the team and where it be next year. Like obviously, if I'm there, I want to keep going and we want to keep winning. So that's that's what's on my mind at the moment. All this extra stuff can keep coming, but it's all just talk until it actually happens. So yeah. Yeah, good attitude to have. Um, I know it's still probably a bit raw and it still probably hurts a, a fair bit for all of us involved at the club, but um, when you look back on the grand final now, how, how are you feeling about that with a little bit of time? Yeah, it, it, yeah, still very, very raw at the moment. Um, I mean, I was super proud of like our whole team. Like We, we went out there, we, we made them, as Mick said, we made them beat us about three or four times and they had a star line-up and yeah, we knew it was going to be hard, but I mean, we didn't just fall over to England. We pushed them right to the end and kind of showed what kind of team we were all year. Like, obviously, would have loved to, yeah, win in the end, but couldn't be more proud of everyone. But, it, yeah, it does still hurt, that's for sure. Um, regardless of what happens in 2024 with your football, uh, uh, Michael Barlow won't be the senior coach there in, in 2024. What, what What's your thoughts on uh, what you've taken out of uh, your time with Mick? Yeah, it actually stung a bit when, when I saw that, that the coach he is and the impact he has, he had on us in two years. Like he deserves every opportunity at the AFL level, um, and I no doubt think that he'll be the head of an AFL team one day. And yeah, whoever to whoever that team is, they're lucky because he's an absolute star of a coach. And I loved loved playing underneath him for the last two years. Sam, it's been terrific watching you this year. You've had a great year, uh, capped off with winning that uh, Fothergill Round Mitchell medal. Uh, who knows what the future holds? If Werribee is part of that future, we're uh, delighted. Uh, and if it uh, if it's above and beyond that, we're you know wishing you all the best. So uh, thanks for what you've contributed so far. And we look forward to we look forward to more in the future. But we look forward to watching you go around. No, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Chase. Really appreciate it. You're listening to our season finale episode of the Big W Podcast with thanks to our fabulous podcast sponsors, the CB Motor Group, Avalon Airport, Visit Werribee and Goddings. The Big W Podcast to finish season 2023 to put a full stop on it. Let's talk to the president of the football club. Uh, it's had a bit of time now to reflect on what's uh, what's gone past in the last few months. Martin Carter, uh, welcome to the Big W Podcast. How are you feeling? Thanks for having us, Kevin. Feeling uh, yeah, somewhat relieved that the season's over. It was a fantastic season, as we all know on reflection. Well, let's have a talk about it. Uh, with a bit of time, we've had the, the presentation night, the presentation of the Bruce Montgomery Trophy. Uh, so we, we put a full stop on the season. Um, where, do, where does it sit with you now when you look back? Yeah, I just had one of our legends on the phone, David Lyons, and just congratulating the whole club as to what we'd achieved. He's probably like most of us, and that was gutted that we lost the grand final. But when you reflect upon what how the year actually panned out, I think to make the grand final for the first time in 18 years in a 21-team competition is an enormous achievement when you're playing against 11 AFL teams, as we know. Some are three aligned and then the standalone, such as ourselves. It's a phenomenal effort. We won 17 on the trot, which was a club record, never been done. And you look at uh, our VFL awards night, we had six nominations, of which four actually made the VFL team of the year with Brew, Gribble, Manor and Coglin was the other one. Yep. We had coach of the year with Michael Barlow. And then we had the, the mouthful award, that is round father Gould Mitchell medal <laughs> for the young rising star in Sam Clohesse and... And importantly, let's consider that 15 out of the last 16 winners of that award have played AFL footy. So great year on the field, off the field, a really uh, industrious year in terms of completing our major revenue streams uh, centred within a centre to be known as Stripes, and that'll open in about three weeks, I reckon. 
and then concentrating on Club Tarni, which is a total entertainment centre. Looks like a winery that'll be open in about May next year. So there's a lot happening behind the scenes. And take a bow, Mark Penaluna, as CEO. We acknowledge his achievements on presentation night, Bruce Montgomery Trophy night, 20 years service, and yourself, Kev, with that 20 years service as well. There's a lot going on. It's been a really um, worthwhile year. It's a, a year on reflection that everyone should be, one word, proud of. Yeah. So pr- pride is the thing that comes to mind. An enormous amount of work, as you mentioned, that goes into uh, into every department involved in the in the football club. But the the overseeing of that from yourself and the board, uh, integral to uh, to where we're heading in the future. You can you can easily plot where we're heading in the future on the field, but off the field, it, it sometimes is a is a something that a lot of people don't know about. And I want to get a little insight in, into that. And you've given us that um, just in a little snapshot there. Um, uh, th- there are a lot of challenges that face our club off the field as, as well do we know on the field, but off the field there are a he- hell of a lot of challenges. Yeah, there are and, and they continue to rear their ugly heads, but the challenges sometimes turn into opportunities. Yep. So the opportunities I see them is to actually get stronger as a club because culturally we're developing. Um, we've got a great work ethic on and off the field. We've got really good people. The board is transitioning with a with um, youth and vibrancy, as I mentioned a couple of times. Nine people on the board, uh, three of them being younger type females that have really good skills in various areas. There's a couple of us more experienced, the Ian Hovies and myself of the world. Uh, and then you've got a balance of the... The, more of the youth and that have football experience with Luke Gaddy and Jack Elliott. So it's a really good board. Yep. Um, but you need a board with various strengths nowadays. Gone are the days when a board would be made up of people that had played footy, just really that's all they'd done, sold raffle tickets um, and just wanted to help out where possible operationally. Now it's got to be strategically. Yep. Yeah, it's certainly the face of it's uh, changed. Football doesn't stand still at all. Already uh, the, the first, I guess, of the, the major changes that we'll see at the club at 2024 has happened with uh, with the departure or the imminent departure of Michael Barlow heading to, to North Melbourne. A, a great opportunity for him and a, a feather in the cap for the club in many ways. Yeah, it sure is. You've got to balance development of people versus winning. Um, I think we do it pretty well. We've had tremendous success of our people going on to bigger and better things, whether it be coaches, players, uh, administrators. Uh, we've been a good breeding ground for future success in their careers. Michael Barlow, for example, really happy, happy for him. And happy for him, and let me just highlight one reason in my eyes, this is just a personal opinion, but Michael's gone as head of development in North Melbourne, who are in a stage where the AFL have supported North Melbourne uh, to a large degree. So Michael's there at the right time to learn from Clarkson and Vining in particular. And head of development will mean that Michael will be able to, for quite a few years, to be able to, to bring the kids through. And Michael's the youth of today. He's been through it all as a player and, and now as a coach. So he'll be able to put his stamp on the development of North Melbourne Football Club as such and then perhaps step up to coaching should he see that as his next career move. So you're really happy for Michael. Uh, he's a quality person. Um, we're full of good people at Werribee and uh, he never forgets the Werribee faithful where he started and where he's finished his playing and coaching career for the time being. There's always the the, uh, the I guess the, the the little cloud that hangs over a club that's achieved what we've achieved in the last twelve months, making a grand final and and having you know seven uh, record breaking seventeen wins in a row. Um, uh, the old premiership hangover or the grand final hangover. There's uh, that that's all kind of been dusted away. I'm I'm assuming around uh, around the club from what I've seen uh, in, in the last week or so since since the grand final. Yeah, I think that's correct. I'm not speaking out of school here, but we sit on this podcast and the latest communication I had as of yesterday was that we'd re-signed 24 of our list already and a number of our leaders have already signed on. 
So it's still unfinished business for us. Our second and third year players and fourth year players are keen to really take the next step and fill the void of of one, two, perhaps three that may be retiring or heading elsewhere. So, yeah, the job's never done. Um, It's tough. The environment's tough. Competing when you're playing against teams with four and five million dollar salary caps is tough, but we know the cards we've been dealt. Yeah, and to be competitive, we've got to be strong on and off the field. And the culture of, that that is developing is a culture of being involved in what's coming up and and in the present moment. We reflect on the past and we enjoy the past and enjoy the success of the past. But uh, the impression I got the other night at the Bruce Montgomery Trophy night was there's a bunch of people in that room who all know that success is is in front of us and they all want to be a part of it and uh, and and be instrumental in making that happen. And that's that's a real shift in culture. Yeah, it, it certainly is, Kevin. Not a true word was spoken. And I think we've, we've commented a number of times that we really respect the past because they've got us to where we are now. We live in the, the present and, and we live day to day, but we plan for the future. So our vision, vision is for the future. And the culture, you're correct once again, would suggest that we know where we want to be in three years' time, five years' time, ten years' time, and that's, a, a, I suppose, a sustainable force in the largest second-tier competition going around. And we've got the support of not only our supporters, our members, our sponsors, etc., but the council, for example, yep. um, and our community, really strong. We had a, the presentation night last Thursday. Uh, Stephen Wall, the CEO of the City of Wyndham, sat next to me, and he's really strong on on just developing the club further and supporting the club in any way they can. Martin, I know you're, you're a footy fan at heart and uh, it's an opportune moment and we'll hear him from him later in the in the, in this podcast, Michael Sotomarco. Um, a significant moment for the club uh, w- with the announcement of his retirement because he is he is the longest-serving player we've got and, uh, and just such a, a bloody little champion. Um, yeah, there's only one Michael Sotomarco in this world and I think testament to his character and how he's perceived throughout the Werribee Football Club was the fact that, don't quote me here, but I think for he played eight years and played 113 games and yet for seven of those eight years he was consecutive um, captain of the club. So that's a vote from the players through to the coaches even though he had a lot of soft tissue injuries, we knew what sort of person he was quality-wise on and off the field. Um, it's just been so great to have Michael on, around. And he said at presentation night, quite rightfully, he'll sit back with Sarah and the family. I'll have a few um, beverages on the hill and he'll get involved there. But we'd like to see him come back sometime in the future to assist us even further with his footy brain and also with the quality of the person himself instilling into others, some of the youth coming through and players coming through, what you need to do to reach the highest level. Yeah. Martin, uh, just to finish, uh, you're excited uh, by what uh, what sits in front of us as we head uh, from transition from the 2023 season into the 2024 pre-season and another year? I'm, I'm excited, but there's a hell of a lot to do, as we, as we both know, Kevin. Um, you never sleep in this caper in terms of, yeah, you've always got something on the go when our major revenue streams, recruiting, coaching. Um, there's never a dull moment, but we look forward to it with pride and we look forward to success, continued success for the Werribee Football Club. Martin, to you and to, and to all the board, thank you so much for, for the time and the effort and uh, the expertise uh, that you brought uh, and the devotion you brought to the football club uh, in the last 12 months and we, we look forward to 2024. We look forward to it and we look forward to seeing your smiling face around and contributing the way you have, Kevin. Tribute to yourself and, and obviously the club. Um, have a great break. There's no such thing as a break at the Werribee Football Club. (laughs) Absolutely. Good on you, Martin. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. The recently retired Michael Sotomarco joins me. Hello, Michael. How are you? Good, Kev. Good. Going well. How are you? Uh, I'm well. How does that that sit with you now that I I refer to you in that uh, that vernacular? Oh, you know what? 
I'm going to rip out a, a ripping cliche right at the start. A, a week's a long time in footy. About a week ago, <laughs> it would have sat really uncomfortably with me, but uh, no, I'm feeling a little bit better now. Just a, a week removed from the, the granny and all the emotion and stuff tied in with it. Um, no, feeling feeling good. You spoke at the uh, at the best and fairest night at the Bruce Montgomery Trophy night about about you know uh, your journey with the footy club. So let's let's go through that. Uh, what was the what was the clincher in the end that that made you decide that uh, that you'd had enough? You know, honestly, the the only really factor was uh, my kids and and wife back home. Um, it was you know a lot of time away from home to to play footy. Uh, Rosie's now you know almost. Well, two and a half. Uh, Ollie's six months, and it's yeah. Once once Ollie came along, and it was two kids at home. It was you know all of a sudden the time was stretched pretty thin, and I probably wasn't spending enough time with with either of the kids to be honest with you, as I should be. So that's kind of what I'm looking forward to doing is, is just you know getting home and going right. Oh, kids, what do you want to do? Let's go have some fun uh, <laughs> rather than stretching myself thin and, and trying to you know jam everything into too few hours. And it must have been hard because uh, is it fair to say that you probably never enjoyed your footy more than you have in the last 12 to 18 months? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, and that's the really hard thing is, is, and I think I said on the night, like, you know, I just wish I was 22, 23, and this is the state that the, the club was in, you know, standalone club, um, you know, with really, I guess, a, a solid off-field foundation as well. Like, we, we've kind of been through all the, the change. Um, you know, I say that knowing we're playing in the VFL comp, which is probably the most... Um, you know, dynamic and then compromised comp in the country. Yeah. Um, but off field, you know, we've, we've moved into the new facility. We've been standalone for a number of years and built up a nice, um, you know, really good playing culture as well and, and a steady sort of recruiting structure, um, you know, coaches, all that kind of thing. So it's just in a great spot to hopefully be a, um, a consistently successful team. Um, and that wasn't necessarily always the case in, in my years. Like we did a lot of work to kind of build it to that stage. Yeah, um, and I'm just excited to now sit back and watch. And we've got a great, great group of young blokes in there at the moment, and hopefully they become, you know, the guys that stick around for seven, eight, nine years and and take the club to where hopefully it should be. You know, one step further than we went this year. Let's jump into Marty McFly DeLorean and go back to your your, your first <laughs> your first days at the club back in 2010. What uh, what were your expectations when you walked in off the back of uh, I think a best and fairest at the Falcons and uh, and and probably a, did you think a footy career was being laid out in front of you at that stage? Yeah, you know what it's 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 funny. So you come out of the under 18 system and it's sort of that um, blissful ignorance, I guess. Like you junior footy at any level, you you conditioned to really do, you know, a one-year apprenticeship and then you're the top ager and, and you get kind of given the opportunity by, by default. So walking into Werribee, it was, it was kind of a similar sort of mindset. I was like, you beauty, um, you know, had a good year at under-18s, can't wait to, to get in and play and, and um, yeah, really enjoy it. And walked into a really good group of, of, of guys, like it's really strong country presence, which has always been the case with Werribee, which I really like. Um, but, yeah, walked in, had a, had a few little injury problems at the start, but, by and large, the impression was, yeah, right, I'm probably not going to kick Tom Gleeson out of the midfield in my first year. Like, <laughs> he's a guy who's, uh, you know, similar kind of sort of attributes, but he's you know, just got eight more years in, in the bank than me, so I'm gonna, it's going to take some work to get in. Um, and that was my overwhelming kind of experience for the first couple of years. It was like a really put your head down, get to work, um, and you just got to get better and, and work really hard. So, um, yeah, happy I was sort of stuck through that little period did, um, did and you, read the awards ultimately in the end. Did you have thoughts in those early years of uh, you know of where your footy was going and what you wanted to do with it? Given that you were you know uniing at that stage and and trying to work out what you're going to do with your your professional career at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. So always um, pretty resolute in the fact that I always wanted to play at the highest level I could. That's kind of the enjoyment and satisfaction I got out of out of footy. Um, but you know, truth be told, there's sort of a, a bit of a sliding doors moment about the three year mark. Um, I remember I, I rang Scotty West and I, and I just said, he was the coach at the time, just said, Scotty, like, I just don't know where I kind of sit in the scheme of things here. Like, I feel like I've been, you know, recruited to the club. I'm training well, I'm playing well in the twos, all that kind of thing, and I just can't get in. Um, and he had a really good um, sit down with me. And he, he kind of, you know, put some magnets up on the board and he said, okay, well, here's the guys that are ahead of you. Here's where you kind of sit in the scheme of things. Here's what you need to improve to, to get in. Um, and that was great. So from there, um, you know, I got to work doing those kind of things. That that was sort of part of the reason why we made the shift from being a midfielder to halfback flanker. Yep. That was where the opportunity presented itself to sort of break into the senior team. Um, and you know, Westy uh, he picked me 
that year and, and I managed to play and, and had a bit of luck as well. That's that's the other thing that you know people probably don't talk about enough is the luck that goes your way. And I think I got dropped two or three times that year. Um, and on each occasion, the bloke I got dropped for or, or someone else in the team went down injured it Thursday night on training. So I come back into the team. So Westy would ring me up on Friday and say, hey, mate, you're back in. Um, so a bit of luck went my way and I was able to string a few games together. Yeah. Five coaches, I think. Is that right? Have I got that right? Uh, six, I believe. If you, if you count, Axel's, he coached my debut for the one game. And oh, then um, yeah. Paul Savily, Scotty West, uh, Johnny Lamont, uh, Choco, and then, um, yeah, obviously Mick at the end. So six coaches, and it'd be fair to say, uh, in terms of uh, facilities and uh, and what you went through uh, while we were building the new uh, facility, uh, what that the way that looked for a couple of years, uh, then coming into the new facility, and then COVID, um, hell of a ride, really. When you look at all the things, <laughs> it's unbelievable. I mean, if you wrote a book about that and gave it to someone five years ago, they'd say this is absolute rubbish. Yeah, it's uh, when you look back on it. It's probably a really unique perspective on VFL footy. Because the other thing is, I've played half a line, fully line, standalone. Yeah. There's not many other players I think would have would have done that. Um, but yeah, facilities and, and all that kind of stuff was, was unique. I think we played a home game at Wangaratta yep. at one stage, which was uh, against which Collingwood. Was great fun. Remember it well? Um, yeah, against <laughs> Collingwood, that was a good come from behind win. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's you know to the point I made a bit earlier. Like the club's just such an amazing spot now. Like we've done so much work. So much transition, all that you know, sort of carnage that comes with that to um, yeah, to set up in the in the pavilion that we've got, um, with the resources in terms of people that we've also got around the club. Um, yeah, it's just it's a fantastic place to be, and one I'll miss for and, sure. And in all that as well, the competition itself changed from being, uh, you know, basically a, a a suburban competition, if you want to call it that, to a state competition, now to a national uh, East Coast competition. Uh, what what? What did that dynamic do to to uh, you as a player? Yeah, um, yeah. Obviously, the interstate travel was a bit bit tough for me. Um, I think I missed a couple of games at the start of this season because Ollie had just been born. I thought it's a bit, bit bit stiff to leave Sarah with uh, with a newborn and a and a or uh, well, eighteen month old at the time, just about um, and fly off interstate to play footy. So I missed those games. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, it makes it more competitive, doesn't it? And I think this is a good example. I mean, we were the best Victorian team and. And, you know, we beat the next best standalone team by 93 points earlier in the year. Um, but unfortunately, we've, we came up against a Gold Coast team that was bloody good. Um, so we don't quite get the ultimate uh, the ultimate prize at all. But the, the other change that's probably worth mentioning is the um, demise of the Development League. Yeah. Which is a really, um, yeah, that, that was significant as well because all of a sudden we went from being, you know, like a two-team club and things like that to a what felt like a little bit more like a representative team. Um where we had one team and then we had guys playing, you know, all over the place for their local clubs. So that was a really significant change for the whole competition as well. Yeah. Did you enjoy that, uh, you know, the, what, what the comp- competition is now? Yeah, it, look, it, it's, it's a little bit different to what it was. Like, it, um, you know, to give you an idea, when, when we had the Development League and all those kind of things, the footy club was much more the centre of kind of your, your social life as well. So, you you know, and I was playing development league at the start. So I'd roll in, play my game. The seniors would watch the reserves, you know, before their game. And then we'd stick around and, and watch the seniors, you know, and have a barbie, that kind of thing, like sit on the boot of the car and, and cheer the boys on. So that became like, you know, your whole kind of Saturday was, was in the club and then you'd stick around and have some beers together afterwards. Um, it's changed now a little bit and I think a little bit to do with as well the young guys sort of coming through, like, you know, kids are a little bit different these days. I sound really old saying that, but <laughs> a lot of them, a lot of them, you know, footy's footy and their social life is sometimes a little bit different and they like to, you know, go back and hang out with their schoolmates and those kind of things. So, you know, they're not, they're not sitting in the shower for half an hour after the games. Um, so it has made, it's, it's changed. Um, the footy, yeah, is sometimes a little bit different. Like it's, it's very, you know, AFL influence now. Um, so you've got, you know, teams trying to really, they're using it to, to win their next AFL flag. So that the game plans and things they're playing, potentially probably a little bit younger. Um, so there's not a, not too many 30-year-olds getting around in the competition anymore. So, um, yeah, mate, this, this change, is it good or bad? It's probably just different. That's probably no, makes it no better or no worse, but yeah. it's just, just a different sort of league. Yeah. Um, how's the body uh, now that you, you head into retirement? How is uh, How have you got out of it? I mean, I know you had your, your fair share of injuries over the years. 
Yeah, so um, ironically, his body was feeling absolutely amazing until the Sydney game where I uh, strained a, a hammy. I actually hurt my hammy tendon. Um, and I redid that in the second quarter of the granny, unfortunately. So sort of battled through for a little bit, um, but wasn't, wasn't able to give too much out there. So I ended up sitting on the uh, on the bike for most of the granny, which is a bit bit frustrating. But um, no, other than that, mate, all, all, all good. Yeah, all really good. Um, that's one of the things that made it really hard to retire is like physically – Mentally, like, still absolutely, you know, really enjoying it. Um, it just couldn't be in two places at once, unfortunately, so had to, uh, had to give it away. So what will take the place of that adrenaline rush and that, uh, you know, that charge that you get out of, out of playing for you? Have you, have you had a th- chance to have a think about that yet? That is a million-dollar question. I have some rough ideas. I think I'll still stay pretty fit and, you know, go to the gym and all that kind of stuff yeah. um, just to burn off the energy more than anything. I don't, yeah, I'm not, not exactly sure. I, I plan on coming along and watching um, a lot of the Werribee games, all the home games I plan on getting there. So hopefully that gives me a bit of a bit of an outlet. Um, yeah, we'll work that out. Maybe some indoor soccer or something like that. I don't oh, mind a game of soccer here and there. So <laughs> see, I might be the, the real annoying guy taking it way too seriously in midweek indoor soccer comp. But um, no, we'll, we'll, work, we'll work that out. I'll, definitely, I'll, I'll need something, I think. Yeah, could easily become the Eric Cantona of the indoor soccer world. And be very careful, very careful about that. What, what about coaching sides? Have you have you thought about coaching as as part of uh, moving forward? Yeah, oh, look, I I love it. Um, really enjoy it as, as part of you know. I did it sort of in a very very informal sense. Um, you know, bits and pieces here and there, a bit of mentoring stuff with, yeah. with the young guys this year, but or in the last couple of years. But um, for the in the short term might be something I do just purely because it probably takes up more time than, than playing. Um, so, you know, it's a bit hard to retire to spend more time with the family and then, sorry says, I'm I'm back out the coach so I'll see you even less. <laughs> um, so, yeah, not not for the short term but, um, yeah, definitely, it's definitely something I'll do and, and that's probably where that, you know, adrenaline rush, um, that's probably where I'll find it, I think, in, in due course. Um, we know that uh, that Michael Barlow is moving on to, to North Melbourne to head up their <laughs> development uh, area uh, uh, Take us through the last couple of years uh, under his tutelage. Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, I mentioned it on in my speech on BNF night that the guy probably couldn't have kept playing without his flexibility as a coach. Like he's um, he's been fantastic. Brought in that really unique perspective he's got. He's, he's played at every level level of footy. Um, you know, he's experienced the highs and then the the harder stuff of being on the edge of selection and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, and now, obviously, his coaching experience is really unique as well, having taken a standalone team through to a granny. Um, but to me, like, it's, it's an amazing story. Like, you shouldn't forget, it's his first coaching job. So he's landed his first coaching job at a VFL club. Um, and that's an absolute sink or swim kind of scenario. Um, and he's just done really well. We probably, you know, we all probably learned some pretty steep learning curves, um, particularly in the last season. Uh, but I think the really um, good thing and the thing that will hold him in really good stead is that we got to the end of the year, everyone was pretty unhappy with how it all panned out. Like we thought we, you know, had a had a better season in us than what we ultimately delivered. But we lent into the learning from it. We didn't sort of avoid it and, you know, hope for the best. We really had some robust conversations and we've made some changes and, and the effect we've seen this year in, in just, you know, the way the whole club was ticking along. So um, I think he's landed a fantastic role at North Melbourne. It, it suits him really well. Um you know, I think he's, he's going to have a long, long and successful coaching career, no doubt. Yeah, you mentioned Sarah and Rosie and Ollie and and that part of it, but uh, your family's been a really big part of uh, of your of your time and your journey at uh, at, at, at the Werribee Footy Club, haven't they? It has, yeah. Mum and Dad have, have been there for most games, and, and they absolutely love coming along. So the plan, as we stand here right now, is that we'll, we'll keep coming along and sit in the president's lunch and, and you know and keep enjoying the club because you know I'm not a big follower of AFL football. I don't you know technical Derek Fressenden, but I'm not really sort of into it. Um, Werribee's kind of the, the club I really support. So um, I'm pumped to be on the other side of the fence and, and keep that going because it's been, it's been awesome. Awesome uh, memories. You know, my folks there, kids there, um, you know, dragging along the in-laws every now and then to a game. It's, it's been, um, yeah, it's been really good. It's been sort of a staple of our week for, yeah. you know, 12, 12 years. So, um, yeah. An enormous exactly. amount to be proud of. I mean, hundred plus games, uh, longest serving captain. Uh, uh, you know, played in, the, in 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 that grand final this year, and uh, your life member of the club. So uh, ticked all the boxes, sods. It did, yeah. Uh, you know what? If you gave it to me at the start of a 
on you know, day one of pre-season, my first year, I would have said, you beauty, I'll take that. So uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, incredibly thankful and, and honoured to have played for the club for so long and you know met the people that I've been able to meet and all those kind of things. It's, um, yeah, it's been an amazing little chapter in my life. Mate, it's been fantastic to watch you play and to watch you develop as a human being and to see you know your family uh, uh, come and be part of the football club. But it's, it's been terrific for all of us involved around the footy club too. Good on you, mate, and uh, look forward to uh, to watching a few games with you and hearing you carry on like a two bob watch. <laughs> Thanks, Kev. You probably get sick of me now. You see a bit more of me, but uh, I appreciate all the support and uh, yeah, thank you, everyone. You're listening to our season finale episode of the Big W Podcast with thanks to our fabulous podcast sponsors, the CV Motor Group, Avalon Airport, Visit Werribee and Goddings. The Big W Podcast, uh, let's talk to the man who is uh, about to leave us and uh, head off on the next part of his football adventure. But for the last couple of years, he's been the senior coach of the Werribee Football Club, Michael Barlow. Hello, Mick. How are you? Good, Kev. Yeah, when you say it like that, it's... Gives you a strong sense of nostalgia, doesn't it? But, yeah. Um, yeah, leaving it, leaving it behind for now. But it always, as it always has, um, have a really strong um, sense of belonging. Uh, the Werribee Footy Club to me. Now, let's talk firstly about uh, the 2023 season and get your get your thoughts on that. Just to just to wrap that up and put a little bow around that. Had a little time since the grand final now to let it all sink in. How do you, how are you feeling about it? Um, yeah, I think I think it's it's fairly similar to. Just straight after the game, like the, I was really able to understand during that week of the grand final, um, you know, what the opportunity was in front of us to, to go and play in the grand final and and go to win it, and that was always the plan. Um, but the, the whole way through and, and the preparation, um, you know, from round three through to round twelve, through to you know, the round twenty through the finals, it was all about. Um, embracing the journey and embracing the moment. Um, so it was really important to do that grand final week. But in the back of my mind, I, did, I had a had a real sense of what the achievement was to to get to where we did. So when it um, yeah, when the final final buzzer blew, um, I just was watching the last kind of minute of play, and um, I knew it was done. But the players just kept playing, and. Um, yeah, you get a little bit emotional when you speak of it because they just played to the end. And I mentioned the best and fairest that you know, we made um, one of the better sides I think ever to play state league footy beat us three or four times um, in a grand final, which is um, which is pretty cool to to say. Uh, and we had our chances as well to to maybe put them away. So there's some disappointment and there's some learnings from it. Um, but yeah, that the sense of pride is enormous. Yeah. Just uh, sort of going back from that and looking over the three years as, you know, this, this part of the, the journey at Werribee for you and, the, and and where that coaching has taken you and where it's about to take you to the next part, how do you look back on that? Yeah, I'll probably look at it. <coughs> Sorry, Kevin, just, <laughs> I'm just walking up a hill here in Tasmania. I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, I'll look back on probably the five-year journey. So 2019 coming back, playing – assisting, um, having such a fulfilling year playing and coaching. Uh, 2020 was wiped out, but we were still attached to the club and, and doing some stuff in the community and connecting with players. And um, despite my footy that year, that, that was a pretty important year in um, survival, um, resilience, uh, connection. Um, a lot of other clubs, you know, wherever it is, local or, or state league that year, um, Rip clubs apart, but we were able to to maintain a lot. Um, in saying that, I was I was going to move on at the end of that and embark on coaching my own side, which was the um, the plan from my point of view to go coach my own side and see how it looked and uh, see how much I could learn. Um, as it all turned out, you know, Choco got that job at Melbourne, and I was able to step in and um, take over. And you know, the, the amount I learnt uh, along the way from my coaches and players and staff and everything that attached to, to what being the head coach is was just enormous. Um, you know, on field, maybe is only ten or twenty percent of it. The rest of it um, comes from the people and, and everyone that's attached to the club and understanding what has to make a, a standalone side tick. So that was um, unbelievably fulfilling, and the results in twenty twenty three. I think are a combination of years of hard work from when sods arrived 
um, the, the journey he's been on. Mark Pantaluna is kind of 20 plus year service now. So, yeah, this year was a, a culmination of all those things. And I, I've been lucky to, to bear some positivity out of it, I think, personally. And, yeah, it was never an easy decision to to absorb some some of the things that were coming my way. And, um, yeah, in the end, the, the, the only one really that was appealing to do um, over the top of continuing to do what I was doing was, yeah, the opportunity I've got north. You, I know you've spoken publicly elsewhere about uh, about that decision and how hard it was to, to to make the decision, and it had to be a special role and one that that really did obviously tick all the boxes for you to make you move on uh, from from the Werribee Football Club. It did, mate. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there, there was a number of things to consider. Um, I've just had so much fun, and my lifestyle in the last three years coaching Werribee has been amazing. Um, Coaching my own program, the, the flexibility around it, you know, the opportunity to still do some other stuff. You know, a young family, so some, some time at home in the mornings and, and whatnot was was um, was great. The late nights, you, that's what you get with it. But um, I think, yeah, the opportunity that came to give us some clarity is I still get to run my own program, um, the, the development program at, at Werribee. So that was pretty important to me to be able to oversee and um, – you know, drive something and, um, you know, be, be involved in a really connected coaching group. And, um, you know, Clarko, who's one of the greatest ever to do it, to be um, attached to him for for the tenure that I've, I've, I've been lucky enough to get it at North is, um, yeah, it was a real appeal. Um, so there's an element of security, but also a pathway there for me personally to, to jump in and um, start with running my own program and... And then, yeah, you know, there might be some other opportunities along the way to to shuffle into other roles. So oh, that, that that excites me. There's there's yeah a number of years ahead of me where I um, yeah I start with a bit of a blank canvas, but a lot of the stuff that I've experienced at Werribee will will, will form the the basis of what what we want to do at North. Always a measure of you know of your uh, what the impression that you make on a, a group of people and uh, and and an organisation is you know whether you leave it better than when you walked in. I think you do certainly do that as you as you head towards North Melbourne. Um, the the twenty twenty four season and there's a lot of Werribee faithful listening to this who are going okay. So Mick's gone. So Sotomayor's retired. So. Um, but there's a lot to be very positive about in terms of the culture that that, that you and Sods and and uh, and Tommy Gribble, if that, if that's the way that goes, all leave behind the club. Yeah, we've we've had our um, season reviews with all the players um, earlier this week, so a few big nights. Um, yeah, sitting with each of the players, they kind of go through their footy stuff, their their admin stuff, and their high performance stuff. Um, so they spend about. 45 to 60 minutes out just tidying up their year and we, we sit with all of the players and um, yeah, identify how they enjoyed the year. And yeah, the, the feedback we were getting was, was phenomenal. Um, I think a big element of our, our year was acting on some feedback from the players last year uh, from kind of the coaching and admin group. We had a pretty good year, I felt, in 2022, but um, yeah, they challenged us to, to do some things a bit differently. And um, yeah, we did. And and the players, to their credit, they brought in with the things that, that we kind of challenged them on and tried to shift elements of, of what they were doing. So um, right now, um, yeah, I think you would have spoken to Sods. I'm looking forward to listening to his input to, to this podcast about <clears throat> how he feels the club's place at the moment. The retention's going to be really strong. Um, naturally, there's going to be some turnover, but um, the the usual turnover at VFL level um, hasn't happened at Werribee in the last two years, and that's because of the environment the players and staff created. So we'd, we'd anticipate anywhere between kind of 30 to 35 of the list um, this year would be retained, and um, from there it, it becomes an appealing place to come and play, and, and you don't have to, to set the net far and wide. You can be pretty specific about who you go and recruit and target. And I know, um, you know I've still been involved in elements of what that looks like, um, which is, yeah, really promising. So uh, from a North Melbourne VFL perspective, uh, 
yeah, I think the, the Werribee matchup next year will be one of the more challenging ones. <laughs> oh, we look forward to that. Um, uh, when we uh, when we last saw you, when I last spoke to you, was at the at the best and fairest night at the Bruce Montgomery Trophy night, and, and the North Melbourne thing hadn't um, come to uh, fruition at that stage. Um, a chance now for you to, to to kind of address that in terms of uh, the people that have that have helped you at the club over the way. Yeah, I think in the best and fairest night, uh, the Bruce Montgomery night, the main theme was was the influence of Mark Penaluna on the footy club. Um, he was yeah, granted the or, or acknowledged for the twenty years plus service, and um, no one works harder in terms of um, you know, putting the football club first, second, and third, and the Rallamy family kind of fourth and fifth and sixth, and and the Penaluna family has just been phenomenal um, across the journey. So. Um, yeah, Penner was the first first person I called, uh, along with kind of Mark Michaela, who I've worked hand in glove with for three years, and um, let them know of the the decision. And um, yeah, Penner, to his credit, he always looks for an angle somewhere and <laughs> tries to, to sidetrack you or, or, or put something else in front of you um, or, or, or give you a suggestion um, to what the decision is. But on this occasion, you know, to his credit, he just said, "Oh, this is." Um, yeah, phenomenal opportunity for me, and it speaks volumes of, of what the club, the club has been able to do with um, you know, their last two coaches, even John Lamont, who did the job for I think for six years and brought through this crop of players that have, have taken the club to a grand final this year. So loved having John. Actually, he was in the coaches' meeting after the grand final. He just sat in, and um, yeah, he was as devastated and gutted as um, I think the players were because he'd been attached to, to Sods and Tommy and Matty Hanson. Josh Porter and the boys for a fair while. Yeah. Um, so that makes me pretty proud of, of what the club is. When people people come back, um, yeah, there's a strong sense of belonging. So Penn is the main one. Martin Carter's been um, you know, doing a great job with the board and the stability of the board, tremendous. Uh, I loved a lot of the board, Mia Shaw and Jack Elliott and Luke Gaddy, um, Ian Hovey, they were all talking the whole year about just getting on the journey with us and Eradicating, putting the, putting the results to the side, even though they were good along the way. Um, so that they, I think the alignment from coaches to players to board um, is pretty special. Um, and I've got a long list of people to, to get to in the next week. Tino Belan, um, unbelievable person and family, the Belan family and the connection they have to the club. He, won't, he probably won't listen to this because I'm not sure how he goes with the, the technology of it all, but um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the playing group, He's right at the forefront of, of my thanks because you know I came in as their teammate really from 2020 or 2019 to 2021, and my understanding was there was you know, behind the scenes um, a push from elements of them to, to make it happen and, and and give me the chance and um, yeah they just jumped in and, and committed and and were so transparent with feedback and um, it was not always easy. Uh, Nick Cobb in particular this year. Um, the bond we've formed and that the connection we have is is quite strong. And with Congo at the helm again and involved and Don Brew, um, yeah, I can't wait to watch on and, and kind of hopefully be John Lamont um, coming back at this stage next year. But with a different result, would be fantastic. Um, but I would implore everyone involved with the club. They've made, it's been a grand final this year. Um, yeah, it's base camp again now, and they've they've got to go back to work and. Um, recommit, um, go to the well, go to those dark places in the stomach, which I talk to the players about, and, and see where it takes them. No guarantees, but the effort and attitude will take them a long way. Yep. Mick, it's been a great pleasure to watch you as a player and uh, and uh, in the most recent years as a coach at the footy club and the, the great work you've done all from everyone at the club, mate. All the best of luck uh, in, in the, the new role at North Melbourne. Wherever that takes you in the future, you know there's always a very special place for you at the Warrabee Football Club. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks to you and love the work you do. So, um, yeah, you're one of those ones that's been around for as long as anyone can remember. So that's a, a testament of what the club is. So... Looking forward to listening to other interviews on, on this podcast. Um, yeah, some headline acts, so we're looking forward to that. <laughs> Good luck, Mick. Take care, mate, and, uh, and enjoy. See you, mate. All right, to finish off this uh, mammoth edition of the Big W Podcast, let's go to the CEO, Mark Penaluna. Hey, Mark, how you going? Very good, Kev. How are you feeling, my friend? I'm good, thank you. Now, uh, the season's finished, done and dusted. We know football never stops and there's, you know, a million jobs 
to be done. But just just take a moment to, just to reflect on on your thoughts of the of the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, Kev, it's um, start off like of any other season during you know the pre season campaign and travelling and training at different venues and you know, all those sorts of things. Um, and you know, we didn't really get a chance at that stage to really reflect and get to uh, wound up, I suppose, about how the, the season might perform. But no, we started from, from an off-field point of view. We started really well as far as from the sponsorship and re- retaining basically all of our previous year sponsors. And then Wyndham Council also jumped on board and um, and come on board as a uh, as a sponsor for the first time as well, which is wonderful through Visit Werribee. Um, but then when you reflect and think about, well, geez, we did so well in re- retaining players and credit to um, to Mark McAuliffe and Mick Barlow and and, uh, and particularly the players who decided to want to front up and after the few years that we had through COVID and playing six games in uh, in two years um, and then to turn it around somewhat in 22 and just miss the finals and to, to, to launch in what we did this year is, as I think you use the word, Ken, quite incredible. Yeah, culminated in the grand final, which I know is still a bit raw for all of us and still hurts a bit, but um, uh, as time goes on, we'll, we'll appreciate, I think, uh, more and more what a, what a hell of an achievement the 17-game winning streak was and then the grand final appearance. Yeah, that's right. I think internally we will reflect and, and remind ourselves about all of those sorts of things and, and what we did to as a collective to win the, um, the 17 games in a row and break the previous record, by, which was 13. Um, and not that you really, you know, I think outside people in the footy world would know it right here and now about what we achieved, what we're up against. Um, in some ways you can think, well, geez, we won the VFL and then we had to beat Brisbane and then we had to beat Gold Coast Suns with obviously list concessions. Those outside the inner sanctum of the club um, might forget about those things over the journey, but yep. people like you, me, Kev, Martin, the board, Mick, Mark, we certainly won't forget about that. But <laughs> geez, what a you know, at halfway mark the third quarter, um, we were six goals down. I'm thinking, geez, I hate us to get blown away here, but amazingly, once again, to the credit of the players, just to, to be so resolute and to keep coming and we're get those first two goals of the last quarter. The roar that come up from the crowd and, and it made you really think, well, geez, you know, as a standalone club, we're absolutely on the on the on the right path, and um, I just hope that uh, everyone gets behind us and then some. And those who come and experience the um, the finals and the game before, before that was against Collingwood, and then obviously the grand final that may not already be paid up members, but geez, we need more people to jump behind us and be with us from round one and and see the long-term things of what we're trying to achieve here as a club on and off the field. Yep. No, 100%. Buy your membership, get on board. Uh, a lot of people um, that, that I know you want to thank and and acknowledge as, as you know, as we sort of tidy up the 2023 season and, you know, the volunteers and the sponsors and all those people. Yeah, yeah, Kev. Uh, look, they're the heart and soul of the club. You know, the, the beauty for us, I think, is, you know, people say that so well on the field, but the players um, all grow up in local club environments. Um, they expect you know, what you see at um, you know, North Albury, where, where Brewery and, the, and, uh, and so many of our leadership group are from, that sort of region. What they see there is what they would like to feel at VFL level. And we've got the challenge of trying to be that local club fabric type, hands-on things happen and you do. But at the same time, you're trying to compete against AFL. So there's no doubt that a large chunk of these players hang around because of what they feel and sense around the genuine club atmosphere. And that's what largely our volunteers and those who maybe on ARMs and very much part-time um, deliver here through you know, your Jimmys and your George and Dougie Lorraine Joyner and Scotty Bishop and Stoney and and Damien Franklin through the welfare and more recently Andrew as our chaplain and all these people associated with the club. That's what they're here for and it's a camaraderie and, um, and the genuine feel of um, community and uh, environmental that uh, brings people back to the club. Sure does. Uh, uh, and that, and so, sorry, sorry, Kevin. In addition to that, it's all those, if you look around, the sponsors that have been here for such a long time for starting with um, Tino and Robin and the Bland family through now through 
Jimmy and Christine Hudson, the Master Dry Cleaners, have been sponsors for 30 plus years. Got it up to date, and all these people that have been with us for such a long period of time, and um, it all goes to the fabric of we must be doing something right. No, we certainly are, and uh, want to have all those people and more on board in the in the twenty twenty four season, which uh, which will be starting pre season before we know it. <laughs> exactly right, Jeff. It's, uh, it, it'll start up again, and um, we'll roll around, and uh, we'll be doing our best. And you know, there's a lot of people talking about the club, yep. but, uh, so we've got a real chance to uh, catapult ourselves, and it starts with everyone listening in to, to jump on board, become members. Find other ways you might be able to support the club, and um, uh, I really can't wait, Kev. Good on you, Mark. Well done on 2023. We look forward to 2024. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy whatever little break you you might get in there somewhere. I know you got a week or so off, but uh, enjoy that, and we'll see you back bigger and better in 2024. Absolutely, Kev. Thanks, mate. Well, that's the 2023 season wrapped up, tied up, finished, done, and dusted. Let's look forward to 2024. And all the news about the 2024 season will be on all our social media platforms, so please follow that and support the club, whether it's Instagram or whether it's uh, Facebook, Twitter or the website. We'll keep you posted on all the developments. Have a great Christmas and a new year. Take care. We'll see you in 2024.